Hello, my name is Lloyd, and I'm a Christian for many years now. I'm starting this podcast to share my experience and knowledge of the Bible. Occasionally, my daughter, Lois, will be helping me. Also, my two rabbits, Honey Bunny and Cinnamon, will be accompanying me. I know that most people recognize that we are living in unprecedented times. There are more questions than answers. We are currently living through a pandemic. Never before our world has experienced anything like this. Even the Black Death, the Spanish flu, did not have the global impact as we see with the COVID. The question is, what next? We certainly cannot continue like this. The pandemic has affected us in every way. Socially, people cannot get together to attend weddings, parties, funeral, church services. We are so restricted, in some cases completely banned due to the lockdown. Financially, poor people have lost jobs, business gone bust. Lack of money has caused many of us not to be able to care for our families by providing the basic necessities. Political leaders has no solution to the problems. Many of us has lost loved ones to the pandemic and are grieving. I was a victim of this deadly virus last year and was hospitalized, but thank God I survived it. I want to sympathize and to empathize with those that are grieving and still suffering. Today, I will be talking about the signs of the time. Nearly 2,000 years ago, the Messiah, who many of us known as Jesus the Christ, came to our world with a message of hope for all people. In Matthew 24, verse 1 and 2, we read, And Jesus went out and departed from the temple. And his disciples came unto him, for to show him the, the building, buildings of the temple. And Jesus said unto them, See ye not all these things? Verily I say unto you, There shall not be left here one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. On this occasion, his disciples came to him to show him the temple in Jerusalem. Jesus said, not one stone would left upon another that will not be thrown down. The disciples were astonished with Jesus' response because this great temple represents the center of worship for the Jews. They believed that God resided in the most holy apartment of this building. It was the pride of the nation. The disciples were greatly offended, so they came to him again privately when he sat on the Mount of Olive. In Matthew 24, verse 3, we read, And as he sat on the Mount of Olive, the disciples came unto him privately, saying, Tell us, when shall these things be, and what shall the signs of thy coming, and the end of the world? Jesus began to explain to them the many things that will be happening regarding his second coming. One of the first things he mentioned is deception. 
In Matthew 24, verse 4 and 5, we read, And Jesus answered and said unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you, for many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. Deception is the primary tool of the devil. Everything that Jesus said he misconstrued and misrepresent. An example is given in Genesis 3, chapter 3, verse 3 and 4. But the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God said, Ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. And the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die. At the very beginning of the human family, Satan managed to deceive them by using disguise and a serpent as a medium. He engaged Eve in a conversation and convinced her by changing the sequence of the sentence with subtle variation. He said, He shall not surely die. This is a strategy of the devil throughout the ages, changing the word with subtle variation. Another example is found in Matthew 4, 5, 6, and 7. Then the devil taketh him up into a holy city, and setteth him in a pinnacle of the temple, and said unto him, Though if thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down, for it is written, He shall give his angel charge concerning thee, and in their hands they shall bear thee up, lest at any time thou dash thy foot against a stone. Jesus said unto him, It is written again, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. When Jesus was tested in the wilderness by the devil, the devil used the scripture. He quote verses and misapplied them. He wrongly interpreted them. This is a regular feature by the devil and his agents. In Matthew 24, Jesus warns us about deception many times. I'm going to quote some of these verses. Matthew 24, verse 11, 23 and 24. And many false prophets shall arise and shall deceive many. And if any man shall say unto you, Lo, here is Christ, or dear, believe it not. For there shall arise false Christ and false prophets, and shall choose great signs and wonders in as much that if it were possible they shall deceive the very elect in second corinthians eleven fourteen and 15 we read and no marvel for satan himself is transformed into an angel of light therefore is is no great thing if his ministers also be transformed as the ministers of righteousness whose end shall be according to their works. Many can fall in the same trap by basing our hope in spectacular scenes and great wonders, miracle and healing, rather than the word of God. The Bible says Satan and his agents will deceive you by the means of these miracles. My friends, be aware of the devil's deceptions. Study the word of God, follow Jesus' example. There's a few verses of scripture that can help you. The first one is found in St. John 5 verse 39. Jesus said, search scripture for in them 
ye think ye have eternal life, and they are which testify of me. And in Isaiah 8, verse 20, To the law and to the testimony, they speak not according to this word, is because there is no light in them. In Matthew 24, 6, 7, 8, Jesus began, began to talk about more signs. Let me read these verses. And ye shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that ye be not be troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nations shall rise against nations, and kingdom against kingdoms. And there shall be famine, and pestilence, and earthquakes in diverse places. Wars, earthquakes, famine, pestilence. Why did Jesus give these signs in relation to his second coming? Was there no earthquakes, wars, pestilence, or famine before, after Jesus' first coming? Yes, there was. What Jesus meant here is how frequent they will occur as we approach his second coming and the end of times. For example, before the 18th century, there were a few isolated earthquakes, but after the 19th century, both the frequency and magnitude has increased significantly. Tsunamis included. Many lives has been lost. We cannot begun to estimate the damage done by these quakes. Famine, both natural and man-made, has caused us dearly. Pest has attacked crops. Sometimes the land cannot produce anything. No rainfall is a factor. In some cases, political leaders have prevented food from being available to the population, resulting in deaths of millions. Pestilence. Pestilence are plague like AIDS, Ebola, COVID, and countless others. Unfortunately, it continued to devastate lives. Wars and rumors of wars. Our world has seen two great world, world wars, 1914 and 1940, that has rocked our planet, caused many millions of death and devastations. It has caused social and political unrest, and many people have been have to seek refuge with the Red Cross and other agencies. I have personally watched the Iraq war on TV, bombs raining down on Baghdad. It was awesome and frightening. What we can understand from Matthew 24 is that Jesus has made some astounding predictions, and we have seen evidence of their fulfillment. In Matthew 24, verse 14, we read, And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations, and then shall the end come. God, through his infinite love and mercy, has sent us a message of hope that we can be saved in his kingdom. He is not willing that any should perish, but all should come to repentance. We are living in exceptional times. Through technology like this podcast, it allows us to share the word of God. And you name the many communication devices that are available and are used to proclaim the word of God.
In Revelation 14, 6 to 12, we read, And I saw another angel flying in the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel to preach to them that dwell on the earth, and to every nation, kindred, tongue, and people, saying with a loud voice, Fear God and give glory to him, for the hour of his judgment is come, and worship him that made heaven and earth, and the sea and the fountains of waters. And there followed another angel, saying, Babylon is fallen, is fallen, this great city, because she has made all nations drink of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. And the third angel followed them, saying, with a loud voice, If any man worship the beast and his image, and receive his mark in his forehead or in his hands, the same shall drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is poured out without mixture into the cup of his indignation, and he shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the Lamb. Here is the patience of the saints. Here are they that keep his commandments, the commandments of God, and have the faith of Jesus. This is called the three angels' message. It has to do with who we worship, the God who created heaven and earth, or the Antichrist. The beast and his associate, his image. If you worship the creator, you will receive his seal. If you worship the beast, you will receive his mark. I'll be speaking more specifically about this, this message. The hour of his judgment, the mark of the beast, and what constitutes the fall of Babylon in another episode. The signs in the sun, moon, and stars is another signal Jesus gave us in Matthew 24 that the end is near. In Matthew 24, verse 29, we read, Immediately after the tribulation of those days shall the sun be darkened, and the moon shall not give her light, and the stars shall fall from heaven, and the powers of heaven shall be shaken. Are these signs being fulfilled yet? From history we know that the sun was dark in the May in May 1970-80. The moon did not give her light on the same night. On November 12, 1833, the stars fell. These are all meteorites. When the sun was about to be blacked out, goats and cows were seen stopped grazing and was going home to their barns. Foals were going to their roofs. People stopped working because it was so dark. Congress that was in session adjourned their meeting. Many skeptics believe that the dark day was a result of a forest fire and not Bible prophecy being fulfilled. We have many examples of forest fires, especially recently in Australia, and none of them has reached the magnitude to completely block out the sun for a full day. In Revelation 6, 12 and 13 we read, and behold, when he had opened the sixth seal, and there was, there was a great earthquake, and the sun became black as soft cloth of hair, and the moon became as blood, and the stars of heaven fell upon the earth, even as a fig tree cast it, her untimely figs, when 
he is shaken of a mighty wind. To prove the skeptic wrong, these events take place one after another. Example, the sun did not darken after the star fell. The Lisbon earthquake struck in 1755. I understand that it hit three continents. This happened under the sixth seal. The seventh seal will be the coming of Christ. The sun darkened May 19, 1780. Stars fell in 1833. These phenomena all happen in sequence. Skeptics may refute the dark day, but they cannot deny that they ever happen, according to prophecy. In Matthew 16, 1 through 3, we read, He answered and said unto them, the Pharisees, When evening will be, when it is evening, it will be fair weather, for the sky is red, and in the morning it will be fall weather, today for the sky is red and lowering. O ye hypocrites, ye can discern the face of the sky, but ye cannot discern the signs of the times. The great men of our day are in some way like the Pharisees in Jesus' time. They can tell you wonderful things, predicting what weather it will be on other things, but they cannot discern the signs of the time. The destruction of Jerusalem. Jesus goes on to explain to his disciples what will happen to Jerusalem. And in Matthew 24, 15, 2 to 20, we read, When he therefore shall see the abomination of desolation, desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet, stand in the holy place, whoso read it, let him understand. Then let him which is in Judea flee to the mountains. Let him which is in the house stop not to come down to take anything out of his house. Neither let him which is in the field return back to take his clothes. And woe unto them that are with child, and to them that give suck in those days. But pray that your flight is not in the winter, neither in the Sabbath day on the Sabbath day. In Luke 21, it is more clearer what Jesus is saying regarding the destruction of Jerusalem. Let's read from Luke chapter 21, verse 20 and 21. And when ye shall see Jerusalem compassed with armies, then know that the desolation thereof is nigh. Then let them which are in, the, are in Judea flee to the mountains, and let them that are in the midst of the depths depart out, and let them that are in the countries enter there into. The Christian knew what Jesus was saying about the destruction of Jerusalem and how they should escape. They look for the signal and they heed the warning. I understand that not one Christian was lost in the destruction of the city of Jerusalem. History says that when Titus, the Roman general, surrounded the city, mysteriously his army retreated. The Christians see this as an opportunity to flee for their lives. History told us that Jerusalem was destroyed in AD 70. The temple was demolished. Not one stone left upon another, as Jesus said, that will not be thrown down. 
as in the days of Noah, so shall his coming be. In Matthew 24, verse 37 through to 38. But as in the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving into marriage until the day Noah entered into the ark. Jesus is here comparing the condition of Noah's days with our time. Let's have a look at what was happening in Noah's days. In Genesis 6, verse 1, 5 and 6, 12 and 13. And it came to pass when men began to multiply on the face of the earth, and daughters were born unto them. And God saw the weakness of man was great upon the hurt, and every imagination of his thoughts and his in his hearts was evil continually, and it would repent the Lord that he had made man, and it grieved him at his heart. And God looked upon the earth, and behold, it was corrupt, for all flesh had corrupt his way upon the earth. And God said unto Noah, The end of all flesh is come before me, for the earth is filled with violence through them, and behold, I will destroy them with the earth. What we understand from these verses, one, the population increased dramatically. Secondly, they were extremely corrupt. There were great violence in the land, including murder, which is a violation of the Ten Commandments. Thou shalt not kill. When God examined their thoughts and imagination, it was only evil continually. God regret that he has ever made man. Marriage, the God-given institution of marriage, was perverted. God, in his infinite love and mercy, gave them 120 years to repent. Through a message from Noah. But despite the fact that they were given 120 years, Professionary time, even if they were given a, a thousand years, it would not have made a difference because their intention and imagination were evil continually. There were no signs of repentance. They would have rejected the message by hardening their heart. Marriage and giving to marriage. In our time, what is our experience regarding marriage? Many people today do not. Married with the intention of having a lasting relationship, for better for worse, in sickness and in health, until death do us part. This is a part of the marriage vow. To some folks, today marriage is a trial and error kind of a thing. If things is not working out as we would like it, we have an option, up to a clause, as a result of this kind of attitude towards marriage, Many end up getting married several times. Example, we just have to look at our favorite celebrities. Others get married to gain some kind of a status in the country, i.e. green card. Some were forced into marriage. The indulgence in this practice is perversion. This is not the true meaning of marriage. Our population are out of control. We just have to look at the Asian countries how they are skyrocketing out of control. At present, our world has more than 7 billion people to date. How much more can we accommodate? 
It was not too long ago. We just have a billion people. We have seen a dramatic increase in the population. Violence also increased, gun crimes, knife crimes. It seems like every day they are coming up with creative ways to destroy each other's. People are living in fear of their lives. Can you imagine how many people die daily from violence in our world at large? Our world is corrupt. Our condition has reached and possibly surpassed no time. Friends, as we hear the gospel message, receive it graciously and repent and turn your life over to Jesus so that you can be saved. Do not harden your heart as in the time of Noah and suffer the consequence. This is the signs of the time. As I come to the end, I hope you all have found this episode informative, reassuring, and if we are asleep, we'll be inspired to wake up and prepare to meet our Savior Jesus Christ. There are more episodes coming, such as the second coming of Christ. When a man dies where he goes, a thousand year vacation in heaven, and many more. Remember to follow us, follow our podcast on whatever platform you are listening from. Feel free to leave a comment and question. Thank you all for listening to the first episode of the Signs of the Times podcast. We have many more episodes coming. Please follow us on social media and we also have an email signsofthetimespodcast at gmail.com if you want to send us any questions. Thank you.